What's up, Kings fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcast, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor, it's totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. All the frustration and disappointment of the past is gone. The 45-year drought is over. The Los Angeles Kings are indeed the kings of the National Hockey League. They are the 2012 Stanley Cup champions. Cleared away by the Kings, picked up by Martinez. Martinez to Clifford, feeds it right side to Foley with a shot. Save, rebound, score! Alec Martinez has won the Stanley Cup for the Los Angeles Kings. And royalty reigns again in the NHL. Hey, what's up, Kings fans, and welcome to the Hockey Royalty Podcast, the official podcast of HockeyRoyalty.com. I'm Scott Kinville, and before we get going, as always, we want to let you know that you can find us on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Hockey underscore Royalty, and we're on Facebook and on YouTube at Hockey Royalty. So, we've almost got the whole band back together, but Ryan cannot be here tonight. But that doesn't matter, because we got a really fun show lined up, and it's just going to be me and the guy I'm about to bring in. He is the Prince of PDO. He's the Count of Corsi. He is the Emperor of all things analytics. It's Mr. Russell Morgan. What's happening, brother? What's up, Scott? Hey, yeah, it's uh, fun to talk about hockey when uh, the Kings are on a three-game winning streak. Can't complain yeah, I, about that. I know, right? I'm kind of glad we decided <laughs> to wait to do this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Give him time to get off the schneid. You know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's been, uh, it's been uh, the last couple of games have been uh, fun to watch. I mean, I Oof. guess we'll go into the the last game against the blues, but I mean, yeah, a uh, good bounce back from the Kings after the slow start. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, you could even rewind that a little bit further back to the Montreal game on Saturday. They just, they, they, you know what, that was a team that that was Vegas or that played Vegas in the opening game. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just, they looked fast, they looked dynamic and they looked great. Uh, the Buffalo game. Hey, you know what? We got the W I think yep. Buffalo kind of shot themselves in the foot a few times, but you know what? You take advantage of that. And that's how you win, you win games. So yep. Tell me, what did you see in the St. Louis game? Oh, man, first 40 minutes, I had to wake myself up, get some more coffee. This is kind of slow, I will say. Uh, I mean, special teams was a little bit of a problem, still continues to be, I guess, some, somewhat of an issue. Um, and then given when you have all those power play chances and you see the Blues score power play in the blink of an eye, uh, that was yeah. a little bit disheartening. But, um, yeah, I mean, after those first 40 minutes, you get into the third period, Man, Arthur Kaliev just kind of woke that whole building up. I mean, and that's just what he can do. He's equivalent equivalent to like a home run hitter in baseball. I mean, any any time I've, I've I've said it before. Any time he's in the offensive zone, has the puck on his stick, 
he can score and that's anywhere really. I mean, he's just got that good of a shot. And I've, I've said it'll, it could rival someone like an Austin Matthews or an Alexander Ovechkin. I mean, I was looking at a goal that Ovechkin scored today. There's pretty much exactly the same kind of goal that Cali have had last night. So it's just, it's just really good to see him scoring. I mean, we know the the type of scorer and um, player he can be in the NHL. So we're starting to get a glimpse of that. And then he just kind of rolled right into the Kempe goal and that, that Deneau line. That was pretty much an epitome of what they have been so right. far this year. They're uh, legitimately one of the best lines in hockey right now. And sure, we're, we're getting to the point where we might have to have a nickname for them or something. I don't know. I'm not a good nickname guy, so maybe someone else can come up with that. But And then, unfortunately, you get to the final minutes. And it was crazy because as soon as Kopitar shot that puck and it missed – I had been I've been following some of the other games that were going on, and I know that happened in Columbus. That same exact thing, right? A player had missed a wide open net or an open net from the middle of the ice just by inches, and sure enough, the team comes back and scores. I forget who they're playing. I think it was Carolina, or I'm not sure, but anyway. And then that's exactly what happens to the Kings. You get Kopitar missing that open net, and then the Blues come right back. And I was like, as, as soon as they're going up ice, I'm like, something bad's going to happen here. Yeah, you could just I see mean, it coming. Exactly. You it just was... know from the games from last year against Minnesota. And it's like, okay, here we go again. And sure enough, they score. It was really just kind of a fluke play. I mean, even McClellan mentioned it. It was kind of just an unlucky bounce off quick and then off Kopitar and then right to their stick. So, all in all, it was just really disheartening. Um, but you get the power play going in overtime. And I guess that kind of slows down the momentum that St. Louis had going into the extra frame. So, the Kings didn't really – they obviously didn't do much on the power play. But then as overtime went on, they just had chance after chance after chance. And then finally with the, the almost the climax of the Dano chance against Bennington, who just made an, really an incredible save going across. And that was just like, oh, man, now we got a shootout. We know how the Kings have done in the shootout. And we'll go into there. But, I mean, Ayafalo comes through. Um, and then Kaliev comes through. Quick makes some pretty pretty good saves, and I guess they missed right at the end. But all in all, just coming in with two points out of a game that was really just a roller coaster in the last twenty minutes, twenty five minutes, I guess. It's just good to see, and then for the three games in a row, good start or a good good, I guess. Now we're coming back up from the slow start that where the Kings were at from the start of the right. season. Right, you know, I mean, and there's there it is too, because really going into the third period, St. Louis should have been a much more been one to nothing i mean yeah. that was they didn't they didn't finish the kings off when they when they could and granted i will admit the kings got a couple breaks oh, yeah. flies yesterday. Oh, yeah. but you know what <laughs> that balances itself out throughout the year sometimes mm-hmm. it goes your way sometimes it doesn't right but here's my thing too is as far as arthur Kalov goes this is the reason why you bring this kid up and this is the reason why you don't put him on the fourth line you put this kid in a spot where he can shoot the puck and get him somebody who's going to get him the puck mm-hmm. and Honestly, I mean, he was getting snake bit a little bit in the beginning of the season, too. You could just kind of see it. Maybe he was, uh, I don't, I don't want to say trying too hard, but you can see where he was kind of whiffing on some shots, and he just yeah. wanted to get that breakthrough goal so bad. Mm-hmm. And it's like I was telling you guys last night, once he starts getting a goal or two to go in, I have a feeling they are going to come in bucket loads because mm-hmm. you, you just you can just see it coming with him. And that, that shot is, if you ask me, it's already elite level. Oh, yeah, 100%. League. I mean, there's just no getting around that. So, all right, so he's not the greatest defensive player in the world. I don't care. He's not the greatest skater in the world. You know what? Neither was Brett Hall. I mean, mm-hmm. that's you can't, you can't nitpick on Arthur Kelly for every little part of his game when he's got that kind of a shot. There's just no way. 
And I will add in too, <laughs> you were talking about the goal that the Blues tied it up. Is it bad that I didn't even get mad? I was just expecting it. it was yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's kind of where I was. Oh, at. Too. As soon, like yeah. I said, as soon as they were coming up by us, I'm like, oh, well, here we go. Tie game going in overtime. We're home late. So, but I mean, like you had said, though, I mean, I guess it would be remiss if we didn't mention the play of Jonathan Quick. I mean, that was really the yeah. only reason that the Kings were still in the game. I mean, he was pretty much standing on his head. I mentioned it this morning 1.73 goals saved against expected. I mean, that's the best performance by Kings goaltender so far this year. And we were going into the season thinking, oh, it's Cal Peterson's net. He's the number one goaltender. But right now, I mean, Jonathan Quick has been the better goaltender to start the year for the Kings, and which is a good thing to see if, if you're sure. a Kings fan. I mean, you can't complain about getting yeah. back old, old school veteran uh, Jonathan Quick 2010 years. So, right. I mean, th- it's just a good thing to see for, from a Kings fan perspective. And, and I'm sure t- Tom McClellan's got some, maybe some tough decisions to make in the next coming games. Well, you know, the thing is, too, though, I mean, it gives it, it gives Cal Peterson a little time to get his game back together. And this is a long run, right? So if you get Quickie playing some more games now, it's going to rest Cal for later on in the season. So mm-hmm. it, it's really not a bad thing. Uh, I just hope that that shellacking he took in St. Louis didn't get into his head <laughs> too much. I don't think it will because he's he's that kind of a just a calm, put-it-behind-you type of goaltender. Mm-hmm. But you're right, Quickie's been lights out. I mean, there's just no, you know, no getting around that. And, of course, you take that when you can get it. There's no doubt. Yeah, and I think with Cal, maybe he's coming into the year with a little bit more pressure on his shoulders. I mean, he signed the big contract right before the season starts. We're all talking about how he's the presumably number one goaltender to start the year. And so that does add a little bit more pressure to you. And I'm sure for a player that hasn't really played, I don't think he's played more than 60 games. He hasn't even played 60 games in the NHL yet. So who knows? Maybe he can be that future um, he's going well. He's going to be that number one starter for the Kings, and there's no doubt about it. He's got mm-hmm. the skill to do that. But right now, with the way Jonathan Quick's going, maybe you can now ease Cal Peterson into the net, and you see more of that fifty-fifty split to start the year. Sure. Which, like I said, isn't a bad thing. No, it's not at all. Not at all. And there's a, you know, there's one more player I want to talk about too, and that that's Cal Clegg. So yeah. the much maligned Cal Clegg, right? He got skipped <laughs> over by Seattle. Yeah, maligned by <laughs> the NHL for got some reason. Down and nobody wanted him. And, yeah. But you know what? This kid is doing what he's supposed to do. He's the power play quarterback. Because, I mean, I, you know me. I've been banging the drum for Cal Clegg for a long time, right? Yeah. Never said he was going to be a lights-out Norris Trophy uh, defenseman. Mm-hmm. But with Dowdy gone, you need somebody that can actually run that power play. And he looks really good doing it. Yeah, he looks comfortable out there. And three points in three games so far. I mean, the first two were on the power play, kind of easy setups. But, I mean, that pass up to, to, to Kaliev. Um, to set up Kaliev's goal, I thought it was sweet. I mean, nice, crisp outlet pass to a streaking player up going up ice right on his stick. Didn't have to slow down and get it. I mean, and that's been a, almost a problem for a lot of the Kings defensemen uh, getting that first outlet pass. And to see a play, to have a player like Clay who can make that pass and set sure. up a player like Kaliev to score and go into the offensive zone, that's just an added um, impact uh, that the Kings desperately need, especially with Drew Doughty and Sean Walker not in the game. But it's just it's just weird because I mean, we've all talked about like we thought we were all expecting Kale Clegg to be picked by Seattle. Mm-hmm. He starts he he goes on waivers. Even Elliot Friedman was mentions that how he was surprised that Clegg clears waivers. Right and now you see the impact that he's making, and it's only been three games, small sample size. Sure. Uh, he looked a lot. I would I would say he looked a lot better against uh, Montreal and, and Buffalo. Um, against St. Louis, I mean, they're they're a bigger team and they're a tight, more of a tighter checking team. That's what they are. I mean, you got 
some really great um, bigger players on that team. Right. And so he was a little, he was kind of, I guess, I don't want to say out of his comfort zone a little bit more, but he did look a, a little bit less of an impact that he was in the, in the first two games, but he still made some good plays. And you, you notice him that on the overtime too, McClellan trotted him out there on multiple occasions of overtime. And, and now he's been pretty much the number one power play quarterback on the first power play unit. So yeah, Kale Clegg, I mean, we all yeah. kind of expected this to, to be the type of player he was. And so far he's shown it. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Being able to break out of the zone, there's much more to be said for that than what's really being said mm-hmm. because that's been a problem for the Kings for, for years now. Yeah. Probably I mean, when, out, when they play the ones, yeah, when they play the one, three, one that they play, I mean, that's really the, the number one strategy that you have. You try to break down teams in neutral zone, force dump ins, and then you need that clean breakout pass. And that's what Kayla Clay can do. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, so that's, you know, good on him. And I hope he, I hope he keeps it going because obviously they're going to need him. I mean, Dowdy's got what another say six to seven weeks left yeah. before we mm-hmm. can realistically expect him back. So it's good that the boys got the turnaround and it's, you know, <laughs> it's fun to be watching Kings hockey again. That's for sure. That, that they're winning too. That's, that's yeah. Fun. yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, and by the way, you wanted a, a, a nickname for the Dano line. Now I'm a nineties, eighties kind of guy. How about okay. Bell Biv Dano? Oh, okay. Huh? Okay. Me you think. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll put that in the in the thinking jar or yeah. whatever it's called. We'll we'll come back to that one later. <laughs> right. uh, so you know, there's uh, there's been somebody that's been kind of left out of the the I should say the victory party or whatever as of late. And that's uh, Gabe Velarde. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's a real shame because Gabe Velarde has just loads of skill. He really does, but for whatever reason, he just can't seem to find his footing with the Kings. Uh, you know, obviously everybody we've talked about to we're blue in the face about him being the, the second line center last year. Yeah. Uh, now he's in the COVID protocol. But when he comes back, what do you think the Kings should do with him? Oh, it's tough. I mean, even with him in COVID protocol now, you kind of expect him to. I mean, with the Kings, the way they're playing, I mean, I just didn't really see him coming. If if he was healthy or out of the protocol, you just don't really see a spot for him on the lineup right now. Sure. It's it's just hard because the t- the talent is there. We we've all seen it. He just goes to these spurts, and the, when he first made that impact into the NHL, scoring um, seven points in ten games. I mean, it was just good to see. And then last year, up and down, up and down season. Obviously, COVID took a hit. It seemed a little bit more of a mental strength kind of question mark with him. But now this year, I mean, it's just it's just unfortunate because preseason, him, Anderson, and Kachev were just so much fun to watch and they made yeah. so much so much of an impact on games in the preseason and all of a sudden Anderson gets hurt and now Velarde just kind of disappears it's like man what he, he loses his bash brother and now he's gone right so right I, I don't know I don't know what the king's yeah. supposed to do with him right now at this point I'm, I, I don't know what to tell you I mean is he can he still play center in the NHL I mean we all know about Blake Lazat's finishing I guess issues somewhat but I mean the way that he's playing he's I guess he's drawn the most amount of penalties on the Kings with five, and it's tied for, I think, third in the NHL right now. So the way he's playing, and then you have um, Kupari, the way he's playing as well, That's the center positions are locked up. So if Gabe does come back and does find a spot in the lineup, you have to look at the wing. And where do you play him now, especially with AA possibly coming back? It's just right. a big question mark for him, unfortunately. And, you know, going forward, Quentin Byfield's expected to be back by Christmas. So mm-hmm. that just throws another, you know, wrench into the plans. Um, you know, I, I, I hate to see the Kings give up on him. I, I really do. 
Um, but I think, you know, when we talked about this in the preseason, it's basically a game of musical chairs as far as the mm-hmm. forward group goes. There's yeah. too many of them, and there's just not enough spots. Uh, unfortunately, you know, things keep going the way they are. I, I kind of tend to think he's going to be the odd man out because Gabe Velarde is not one of those guys you can put on the fourth line. You know, he's not a fourth-line player. No. Right? He's got to be in the top six for him to really flourish because that's what he is. He's an yeah. offensive centerman. Uh, but with the way it's going with the Kings right now, there's where are you going to put them? Like you said, and not and not only that, you know, by by New Year's, you're going to have to start thinking about bringing Alex Turcott up. You got to see what he can do at the NHL yeah. level, mm-hmm. right? It's been over two years now. Uh, it's time. I mean, he's looked decent and really good in the AHL, and I think you know eventually it's going to get to the point where he's proven all he can prove there, and you got to make a spot for him as well. Yeah. So it's yeah. Gonna, it's going to be interesting to see what happens here. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Turcotte because that's exactly what I was going to say. I mean, if you ask King fans, Kings fans right now, who would you want to see in the lineup if every, if everyone was healthy? Would you rather see Gabe Velarde or Alex Turcotte? And I'm sure a lot of Kings fans right now would say Alex Turcotte. Sure. And that's just because, I mean, you're looking at the players that have come out in his draft year. You've seen 20, 2020 draft-eligible players coming out now in the NHL, 2021 players with William Eklund's playing games, Cole Sillinger's playing games. I mean, and Alex Turcotte's still kind of in the AHL, but flourishing in the AHL. We all know how the Rain are doing. They're 7-0-1, so it's not like he's down there just kind of collecting minutes. He's playing really sure. good minutes for an undefeatable, a really good first-place team. So, right. I mean, yeah, that's – I just expect Alex Turcotte to eventually make an impact. But, I mean, with the way the team is playing right now, you just don't really find or see a roster spot. I know. I think they had mentioned that Leah Sanderson uh, – Zach Dooley mentioned that Leah Sanderson went out or had an injury and wasn't able to practice today. So, it looks like AA will – or Athanasiu will just make a – kind of replace Anderson in the lineup right, right now. Slot in. Yeah, yeah it'll just kind of slot in. But then, I mean, what you have Arvidsson that comes back. Then then what That's happens? Right. And then once, once Anderson comes back, then what happens is it – Lemieux that comes out is it Crunchstrom who I think's actually been playing pretty yeah, good. Is. So it's there's a lot. It's still a lot of guys. There's a lot yeah. of a lot of question marks still. We're, I feel like we're still in preseason. Right, you're right, and you know you really don't want to take a guy like Lemieux or Grunstrom out because they're providing an element of physicality, mm-hmm. which suddenly, believe it or not, I can't believe this as a Kings fan. I'm saying this, but they're lacking physicality, which they <laughs> right. haven't lacked in years. Yeah, really, exactly. You know, I mean, it's just it's something's going to have to give eventually. But I just got to thinking, you know, just to come back to that, I have followed Dano Kempe line real quick. Mm-hmm. Now, could you imagine how good Alex Turcott would look on that line too with his puck hunting abilities? And Alex, I have followed. Could you imagine that? That would be like almost an impossible line to play against. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, just a random off the top of my head thought. There. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just to, yeah, I could talk about the Dano I follow Kempe line for day, all the whole day if I wanted to. I mean, just that's just how they've been playing. I mean, unfortunately, most of I guess I, I wouldn't want to say all three of them, but they're not really the best finishers in the NHL. I shared today that they they lead the league in expected goals, or I think it's either the Arvidsson or Kopitar line or the Deneau line, one or two. Um, but yeah, they're, they're still Alex Ifall is leading the NHL in Corsi right now. They're keeping pucks in the offensive zone, and that's if they're not finishing, at least they're not they're keeping pucks out of their own net. So right, there's that to to like. So but. I mean, Alex, I follow. I mean, what more can you say about him, man? Todd McClellan mentioned him yesterday. He thinks he's a star, and it's not even close. And, man, that contract is just going to look like a bargain. I, I, man, you ain't I, kidding. Yeah, I mean, we can talk – we'll talk about Alex Tuck later on, obviously, with what's going on in Buffalo. But 
I always thought about his contract as being one of the most valuable in the NHL. I think he's a great player. He's only signed, I believe, at like four point five million for like five years. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But yeah, and now you look at what Alex Alex Iafalo is doing. He's got nine points in ten games. He's leading the NHL in Corsi, and he's only signed for four million dollars for the next four years. It's just yeah, it's going to look like a ridiculous bargain if he can keep this pace up. And him and the combination would added with Deneau. Man, that's that's a line that's going to stick. If if Kempe does resign, that's a line that's going to be sticking with the Kings for and going to be productive with the Kings for a long time or the next few years. Yeah. Oh yeah. No doubt about it. There's no doubt. And you know, it almost makes me think that you know that might be the type of line that Gabe Velarde would need to be on too. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, if he could just learn to shoot the puck more, like shoot the puck, <laughs> Gabe, right? Yeah. But I mean, he doesn't have to worry about being that you know obsessive forechecker guy. Um, but anyways, getting sidetracked again, you mentioned something just now that I do want to talk about because there was huge, huge news today. It's over, guys. It is over. <laughs> the Jack Michael saga has finally come to a close. He goes to the Vegas Golden Knights. They're the winner of the Eichel sweepstakes. Mm-hmm. Imagine that, right? Right. So the Knights get Eichel and a third-round pick in 2023 from the Sabres. In return, the Sabres get Alex Tuck, Peyton Krebs, uh, protected 2022 first round pick and a what is it 23 second round pick. Um, if that 2022 first round pick is a top 10 pick, the Sabres will get the Knights 2023 first round mm-hmm. pick. And there's other conditions attached. I can't remember them all off the top of my head. I think you need a lawyer to sort through all that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, your impressions of the trade. I know you wanted Jack Eichel in LA in the worst way. Yeah. What do you think about this one? I did. I mean, I- it's just he's a great player, and, and we all talk about. Unfortunately, he's got a little bit of an injury, or he's got that big injury going on right now with the surgery. Whether he can get it or not, seems like Vegas is letting him get that surgery, but he's going to be out for four months, so he's pretty much not going to be playing hockey this year. But with with all that being said, he's still, in my opinion, I think he's a top ten, maybe top five center in the NHL. So Vegas is obviously getting a a great player, a number one center that they really desperately need i mean you mentioned that they can't be going into the stanley cup final with william carlson or chandler stevenson as their number one center so jack eichel really fits that mold the question that i have i don't see a it seems like vegas is almost kind of forfeiting 10 years of being a really good hockey team for three years of being a great hockey team that's that's kind of how i see it you just look at the salary cap right now oof, it's the, Alex Tuck isn't the only player leaving. There's more no. players leaving. I mean, no, because next year they have $79 million tied up in 16 guys. Yeah. I mean, you talk about cap crunch. Hell, I mean, that's where Vegas is looking into. I mean, I'm sure they're calling um, the Tampa Bay Lightning to see how they can make it all happen. But, I mean, <laughs> right now it's just it, – it looks good. Obviously, with Jack Eichel and LTIR, they're not really going to pay him. Mark Stone's on LTIR. I think Max Petrietti is also on LTIR, if not on right. IR. So, I mean, yeah, they can make it happen right now. But, yeah, there's going to have to be some more players being shipped out. So, from a Kings perspective, Vegas is going to be a threat for the next two two to three years. They're going to be a legit Stanley Cup contender. I mean, we we have to wait to see how Jack Eichel comes back from his injury, obviously. But let's just, let's just say he does come back 100% to the player that he is. I mean... You talk about a line with Pacioretty, Jack Eichel, and Mark Stone. I mean, that's just a ridiculous line. 
good thing for the Kings. It's the reason they brought up a player like Phil Deneau, who can defend players like that. So I, it's from a Buffalo, from a Buffalo's perspective. Yeah, we heard Kevin Weeks tweeted out the rumor that Matthew Kachuk and Sean Monahan were rumored to be going to Buffalo in exchange from Calgary for Eichel. And when I saw that, I was like, man, that seems like, like, I mean, I wasn't the only one that thought that everyone on Twitter thought the same thing, man. That just seems like a ridiculous bargain for like Buffalo. Why, why weren't they saying yes right then and there? But it, it turns out later on that that wasn't the case. That was totally false. Even Kevin Adams says, I don't even know where that came from. So <laughs> Twitter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Land of happiness. So, but um, yeah, from, I think Buffalo did well here. I mean, I really like Alex Tuck and I think with, like I mentioned with the contract that he has, they're getting a bargain. They're getting a great player and they're starting to build like a pretty good team. They they're doing well right now with players not playing like Casey Middlestat still, still not playing. I mean, they're, back line has still got some question marks, but I mean, Jeff Skinner's actually being productive. He's they're paying him $9 million. So he's got to be productive. So I think they're doing, I think they're building a pretty good team and I think they're doing, they did well with this trade. So I think Buffalo actually did better than Vegas here. I will say, and Vegas, it'll be good for the next couple of years, but I think they're going to have some problems in, in the long run. Yeah. I'm going to get to Vegas in just a second, but I have to agree with you that I think Buffalo did extremely well here. Mm-hmm. Uh, simply for the, f- the fact that if you recall, when all of this started, they said they wanted the equivalent of first for, for four first round draft picks. Mm-hmm. Well, they got three. Yeah. Given everything that's going on and all the crap that they've been through lately, to get the equivalent of three first round picks out of this is not is not bad at all. And not only that, it brings closure to that team. It gets this black cloud gone. Yeah. And you mentioned their young core. Now you think about this for a second. They've got. Rasmus Dahlin, right? They've got Dylan Cousins. Mm-hmm. Now they've got yep. Alex Tuck, Peyton Krebs, Owen Power on the way. Ryan Johnson's on the way. Yep. For him, he's uh, Brock Faber's partner up in uh, Minnesota. Yeah. Okay. Casey Middlestat, like you said, Jack Quinn's lighting it up in the AHL. JJ Paterka's doing pretty good there, too. These guys are all under 25. Victor Olofsson's 26. And a they bunch of first round picks. Three coming mm-hmm. up in 2022 or, well, Maybe split it up two and two. And in, in good, right? there's some good drafts coming yeah, up. These next two deep. drafts are really good. Okay, so even if they don't get this Vegas first round pick, oh geez, so they go to the Connor Bernard yeah, instead. The, yeah, Man, exactly. The know, next Connor McDavid. Yeah. Geez, so boy, did they lose out or what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but speaking of that pick, the very fact that that's a top ten protected pick tells me that Vegas doesn't think they're going to make the playoffs this year. Yeah, and that's kind of what I that's kind of what I said. That was, to that you was guys the first thing I saw. I thought of when I saw that. I'm like, wow, they might be just folding the tent already. Mm-hmm. They really mm-hmm. might be. And I'll tell you something too. I don't think that they're going to be as dominant as a team as people think they are. And I'll tell you why. Look what happens when they get injuries, especially in that top six. Yep, they're finished. They're mm-hmm. done. They got no depth at all. Yeah, right. And you know what? I, I think letting Mark let Mark Andre Fleury go was a, a horrible mistake on their part too, because yeah, Robin Leonard is a good goaltender, but I'm going to tell you something right now. I don't think he's a, a number one guy that's going to carry the load for 60 to 65 games. I don't see it. I, I'm sorry, he's great in a tandem, but as far as being the guy that you're going to hitch the wagon to and take you to the promised land, I don't know. I, I really don't. They don't have anybody to back him up. I mean, who they got? Warren Brisson. <laughs> 
Yeah, you know? I think that's their backup right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and they have no more cap room to even try to improve that end of it. So, yeah. And, and here's the thing, too. Is Jack Eichel really going to be the same player when he comes back? Nobody knows this. Yeah. I mean, obviously, this is all the experimental surgery. And and you know what? Good for him. for find, him. He's finally going to be able to get the surgery that he wants. Great. Good for him. But if, if everybody thinks that he's going to come back in three months and be the, you know, a dominant top five center right off the hop, forget about it. Because I was telling a friend of mine this earlier today. I mean, he was like, oh, Vegas won that 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 trade hands down. Jack Eichel's going to come back. They're probably going to win the cup. I go, whoa, 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 whoa. Settle down. <laughs> Slow down. For right. Second. All right. And I'll tell you why. Think about it when guys hold out during training camp. You look at the Willie Nylanders of the world, right? Uh, Ilias Pettersson. Those types, right? How long does it take them to get caught up when they finally do come back? It takes them a good month or two, right? Mm-hmm. By the time this is all said and done for Jack Eichel, he's going to be out of the game for close to two years. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, you, I didn't you think don't about just that catch too. up right off the hop from that. That's going to take a while. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this trade may not even give Vegas the return they thought they were going to get next year. Yeah, I, I, I just. Obviously, I'm sure Kelly McCrimmon's going to really just ease Jack into back into playing hockey. I mean, I, I would have to figure well, they, to. yeah, they made this deal thinking that he's just not going to be playing for the Golden Knights this year. And like you said, when I was thinking the same thing when I saw this deal go down, I mean, is Vegas just folding this year? Are they just going to tank and just see what happens? I mean, but with their cap and the players that they have signed right now, that's unfortunately they can't do that. I mean, they have to go for it. I mean, they even brought back Matias Yanmark, who a player that no one sure. expected to come back, and Alec Martinez, who are getting up there. And and then you have Alex Petrangelo, who's supposed to be their number one defenseman, who's actually having a really down year. So mm-hmm. they've got a lot of problems. And like you mentioned, if a player goes down with injury, like let's say like a Stone or a Patch Reddy, like is going on this year and in the next few years, they're going to be a lot of world to hurt, and they're going to be a real top-heavy team. Does that win you Stanley Cups? I mean, it can if you stay fully healthy. If those players can produce, I mean, and be the play- type of players they are, then, yeah, they can win Stanley Cups. But like you mentioned, they have to have a lot of luck go go toward their side. And if it, if any team would take a quote-unquote gamble on a player like Jack Eichel, it would be the biggest Golden Knights. Yeah, imagine that coming out of Vegas, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it seems like they just will – they're just shooting for the stars and going for it every chance they get. And they're really just kind of sacrificing those first-round picks. You want to come to – hey, welcome to Las Vegas, your first-round pick. And, by the way, we're trading you off for the next superstar. <laughs> Don't get comfortable. Find. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but here, here's a ticket. You can come back and visit in the offseason. A... <laughs> yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah, spend your money here. But, you know, you, you just mentioned, like, guys like uh, Max Pacioretty and, you know, even like Jonathan Marcheseau and even Mark Stone. No, don't forget, if this really does take two years for Eichel to get up to where they think he's going to be, those guys are going to be two years older as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's, you know, I mean, there, there's just – I don't know. I mean, you know, yeah, if you're Vegas, you had to go try to get a number one center because that's what they were lacking. But I, I just – I don't know if this is going to be the way to go for them. I, I really don't. Yeah, I mean, from a from... – Talking about it from a Kings fan's perspective, for the next couple of years, I mean, I think about it, okay, Vegas is Jack Eichel, totally fine. Quentin Byfield's coming up. Mm-hmm. Grant Clark's probably going to make an impact. Yeah, Vegas is going to be really good, but you're talking about the same time that the Kings were going to be a really good team. And I, I just wish I had a DeLorean because, I mean, with the way that the Kings are playing right now, I can't wait to see what Quentin Byfield and Grant Clark are going to be doing in the lineup 
come next couple years. I mean, oof, man, I, th- I mentioned it a couple games ago when you have players like Arthur Kalia, Rasmus Kupari, Martin Kromiak, who's just killing it yes. in the OHL right now. Yes. And then you have Samuel Fagamo, who's scoring in the AHL. Man, the power play is just going to be wicked for the Kings for the next few years. And Brant Clark is the QB on those power plays. And Drew Doughty's probably still playing up to his level. So, I mean, yeah, the Vegas Golden Knights are going to be really good for the next couple of years. But we all expect that the Kings are going to be that good as, as well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what the difference is? The Kings are going to be like eight years younger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> on on entry-level deals. I know. <laughs> uh, so, well, I mean, let's, like I said, good luck, Vegas. But, boy, I, I just, I don't know. I guess we're going to have to see what happens. Mm-hmm. But I do know what's going to happen is that the Kings have a game. Well, by the time this comes out, it'll be tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, the New Jersey Devils come to town. Uh, our uh, familiar foe from the 2012 Stanley Cup final. Uh, they're going to be having a new player in tow, uh, and that being in the form of Alexander Holtz, um, the number seven overall pick in the 2020 draft for the, the Devils. I can tell you that, it, you know, I live 25, 25 minutes from Utica, and I have season tickets for the Comets. So, because of course, they're the hometown team, right? Yeah, yeah. And I've got to see this kid play live, and you know who he reminds me of? Arthur Kaliev with that really? shot. It's the same, same type of thing. Uh, he might be a little bit faster than Kaliev, actually, but it's the same idea. Can fire the puck from anywhere and be deadly with it. So uh, that's going to be a very interesting game to watch. Uh, what's your thoughts going into this game? Yeah, I mean, if the Kings are riding a hot streak, I, I, it's it'll be interesting to see where AA slots in the lineup. I think that with Anderson possibly being out with injury, it seems like today they practice with Kaliev on the first line. So AA is probably going to slot in on the fourth line. Um, just kind of probably ease him into the lineup. Um, but yeah, it, it'll be fun to watch the debut of Alexander Holtz. I mean, I, I knew about, I, I talked to Tony Ferrari about this kid a couple of years ago, and he's just like, he, he mentioned his shot as well. And that's kind of what I thought that they would actually take William Eklund in this draft. I know they drafted Luke Hughes because they had Hughes' brother, but William Eklund was uh, Alexander Holtz's teammate in the Swedish elite, uh, Swedish Hockey League. So they had some really good chemistry together, and we've seen what William Eklund's done with San Jose. But to go back to New Jersey, yeah, unfortunately they don't have Jack Hughes, and he lost that injury. But, I mean, they're still a really good team. Is Dougie Hamilton going to be playing? I thought I saw that he got I don't today. know. They're, yeah, they, so he, that's a, he didn't practice. So. so, I mean, for the Kings right now, you have to look at this as an opportunity, and I would expect them to be favored to win on the when looking at it from a betting standpoint. So mm-hmm. this is a game that, I look at the Kings right now and the way that they're lined up. I mean, we can talk about how the bottom six has actually been performing pretty well. I mean, Rasmus Tapari's had good games and Arthur Kelly of scoring goals and Lozot's drawing penalties, Lemieux, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, I still think of them as a two-line team right now. I mean, they'll, they'll get that bottom six going eventually, but they're still a two-line team. So the Kings are going to be a really, really good home team. When you have that last change and you can right. trot out a player like Phil Deneau against players like Tarasenko that we saw last night or against like a Dvorak that we saw on Saturday and all the good players against Buffalo. When you have that final change, those are some matchups that Todd McClellan, those that's what they want. So that's kind of why you saw the road trip kind of skitter a little bit. Obviously they lost Drew Doughty and Sean Walker. That's going to impact the line, the, the game as well. But coaches were able to trot out their best players against players like Kupari, Lazat, Kaliev, Grunstrom. So for, for a team like the Kings, 
these home games, they have to win these home games. These are games that they need to win, especially with the going against a team like New Jersey that is going to be without its top players. So sure. I would expect the Kings to win this game and continue their win streak, which would be great. Yeah, it would be. And actually, they might get uh, Mackenzie Blackwood in his first uh, start of the season because they uh, they were carrying three goaltenders when they went out on the trip. They had Blackwood, uh, old friend Jonathan Bernier, mm-hmm. and uh, Scott Wedgwood, another former King. Well, they put Wedgwood on waivers Wednesday, and he did not make it through. Arizona claimed him. So uh, Bernier's been the, the man, but I have a feeling we might see uh, Mr. Blackwood tomorrow night. Well, tonight. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, is we're gonna be coming out here. So <laughs> I get mixed up with that sometimes. I really do. Who gets to stop doing these late night pods? These little don't, don't get old, Russ. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, all in all, just I, I just I just want the Kings to play the type of hockey that they showed in the final period. Why why can't they just do that in, for the entire game? So special teams is still kind of a problem. We'll see how they kind of if they can shore that up. But just play that full complete hockey throughout the entire game. That's all that I mean, they're they're a good enough team that they can do that. So Rasmus Kapari has been playing really good. I think he was leading the team and expected goals to the first 40 minutes. I was kind of pining for him to get more ice time. And then the the Kings eventually took the lead. So I was like, okay, well, now we need to kind of trot out the top six lines. But I mean, we still are losing Arvidsson. Arvidsson is still not back. We'll see if he's able to make the jump back into the lineup. But yeah, it'll be fun to watch the the debut of AA and see how he's able to make an impact on the bottom six. Maybe he brings a little bit more of that scoring output to, to some players that much, that much need it. Yeah, absolutely. A little bit of jump, a little bit of forecheck. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think for the, for the most part, the best thing that we can really hope for for the next couple months is that they can hang around until say Thanksgiving, Christmas, hundred percent to be in the playoffs. So I would just hang in there, just be around because then the reinforcements will be coming. Right. Mm-hmm. Dowdy will be coming back. Quentin Byfield, we're going to finally get to see him. Uh, and obviously, we, we already talked about it. You got to expect Turcotte at some point too. So if they can just stay in the hunt, I got a feeling the second half of the season is going to be a fun one. So, yeah, I mean, we've talked about it multiple times already. But yeah, with the way that those top two lines are playing right now, this is a this is turning out to be a really good team. This, this, you're starting to see those building blocks being made like yeah. the second line solidified. That's a line that are players that are signed. I mean, Kemp has got, he's an RFA at the end of this year, but I'm presumably he'll be re-signed for a couple more years. So that's a trio that will be together for a couple more years to come. We'll see what happens with, with Brown. If he comes back, I mean, Kopitar and Arvidsson are still got a couple more years. So there's another line, but like you mentioned, the Kings just need to tread water at this point until yep. Dowdy comes back until Byfield can make an impact on the third line. And then maybe you slot Kupari to the wing. I think, was it you that mentioned maybe once Byfield comes back, you put Byfield with Kupari and Callie up together? Yeah, could you imagine that? Dude, I mean, that's that's Why a not? wicked that's a wicked third line. And with the way yeah. Byfield was playing, if he can come back, and I'm sure he will. I don't, I don't expect an ankle fracture. That's not really like a no. muscle injury nope. where, where you need to rehab a lot. I mean, obviously, he'll probably maybe get some games in an Ontario. But I, I right, fully expect yeah. – yeah, exactly. I fully expect him to make uh, – an impact and be the type of player that we saw towards the preseason and the player that we saw in that, that game where he got hurt, where he was pretty much the best player on the ice. So, oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. it'll be uh, the Kings just need to stay afloat and just be almost just be a 500 team win their home games, win the games that they're supposed to win and maybe steal some games here and there and make it. Some, and now that the way Jonathan quicks playing, he can be possibly steal some games. It's, it almost kind of felt like he maybe stole that game last night. 
Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, and then maybe get some good uh, get the play from Cal Peterson that we all expect. So yeah, just tread water for now. By the way, I just wanted to mention too. Uh, did you notice Kopi when they had him mic'd up in the pregame? You could almost tell you started to get irritated. He's like, guys, I just want to warm up. And they just kept asking him questions. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, obviously. And then he just <laughs> skates off. <laughs> I got to go. Yeah, it's like, okay, where, where is this thing? We're going to rip this thing out of here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that was uh, – but anyways, that's uh, that's about it, guys. Uh, I think, uh, like I said, tread water. Let's, uh, let's get that W tomorrow night because tonight, whatever. It's, it's a winnable game. <laughs> it, it really is. Mm-hmm. And uh, – mm-hmm. Nothing against New Jersey, but I think the Kings and the Devils are pretty much on the same level right now. Yeah. And you're the home team. You got to get that game. So Exactly. So we will see what happens. But I'll tell you what, man. Let's not go so long between pods next time. Yeah, yeah exactly. Know, we have so much to talk about. We get it all pent up. And then you know what always ends up happening? I'll think of something at like 3 o'clock in the morning. I'll wake up and go, oh, I wanted to talk about that on the pod. And I forgot. <laughs> I love waking up to those Scott late night texts. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, by the way. Uh... <laughs> Uh, and and we got to schedule so we can get Ryan back in here too. Exactly. So. Exactly. Uh, all right, man. Well, that was a lot of fun, and uh, everybody, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it, and we will see see you next time on the Hockey Royalty Podcast. Go Kings, go! Go Kings. Uh-huh.